We're in the middle of a series uh, called Christmas, What Is It Good For? That would have been a good title, but that's not it. Um, Can you put the slide up? Because I don't remember the name of the series. Something about Christmas. Thank you. It's Christmas. So what? So what? Who cares? Um, Is it all just about shopping and mangers and all that kind of stuff? No, it's about money. And with that segue, we're going to pass the offering baskets around real quickly. There you go. It's Christmas, so what? Give your money. Um, So these little decorated baskets are coming around. You can give right now. You can also give online, rcitylight.org slash give. Okay. This is why I try to have someone else do those things because I forget them. All right. So um, have you ever felt insignificant or like um, you're just a number? Have you ever been in a room where people didn't really notice that you were there? Or maybe you were in a room and they didn't notice when you left? Um, I remember when I went to college, so I went to high school in a small Christian school, and, you know, my graduating class was like 52 people, so I knew everybody in the school, everybody knew me, um, I was like, you know, sort of well-liked, so I kind of felt like, you know, I had like a name and like a reputation, and then I went to the University of Delaware, which is a little bit bigger, and I remember the, the first like class that I went to, uh, they didn't call my name out, they just called you out by number, your social security number became your name. So I was just this random uh, eight-digit number, and I, I quickly realized, like, they don't really care about me. Like, in that little school I was in, people cared about you. You were a person. Now you're just a statistic that they're trying to get through. And, um, you know, I think about, like, God caring for us. I sometimes can feel the same way. Have you ever thought about how many people there are in the world right now? If you haven't, I'm going to tell you. So there are 7.5 billion people on earth, roughly, last time I checked, all right, 7.5 billion. There's actually a website you can go to with live numbers that it's constantly, it's kind of depressing. It's got the, death, the deaths and the births like competing, and uh, the overall total is like fluctuating depending on whether we're dying or birthing faster. Um, so you can do that if you want to, but 7.5 billion. Now that is a number that most of us can't wrap our, wrap our head around, so I thought I would help you. Just to think about how many people there are on earth right now. So let's look at the Lincoln Financial Field, um, right? No, they're not playing there this week, but if they were, they can fit 70,000 people in there. And that would mean to fit the whole world into Lincoln Financial Fields, we'd need 107,000 of those. Just to give you an idea, there's only 31 in the National Football League. So we're not even close, all right? Maybe that doesn't help. Maybe you think in terms of miles, like you'd like to think about distance. So let's, next slide. The moon. Do you think the moon's far away? Right, seems kind of far away. All right, go ahead. Next one. So a round trip to the moon and back, 480,000 miles. We would have to make that trip 15,000 times. Not like 10 times. 15,000 times to get to 7.5 billion miles. But this is my favorite one. Because we all like to talk about money, Right? What if you had $7.5 million, okay, and you had them in $1 bills because you want to really see what you've got. So you stack them one on top of other, $1 bills, as high as they'll go. All right, so 100 is 0.4 inches, not that impressive, all right? A billion is 70 miles tall, which is, if you want to look like seven miles is around where planes fly, So that's 10 times higher than planes fly. That's into the stratosphere. 7.5 billion would be twice as high as the space station from the ground. It's a big number. That's all I wanted to prove to you. Do you agree? 
All right, we're done. You guys can go home early. Good job. All right, so it's a big number. There's a lot of people in the world. Does God really care about you? I mean, how can God really care about, like, in this building, there's, you know, roughly 200 people, including the kids. Like, imagine, like, a light shining down just on you all of a sudden and all the lights going out. Um, Does God really care about you? One person out of 7.5 billion people. How can God care about you? And does that mean that he only cares about you and you got lucky? Or does he care about like a small percentage, like whatever he can handle? Or does he have that kind of individual care for every single person? And that's what we believe and teach. But I would think, and I would just say, that this is probably hard for you to believe. And maybe you're here today and you're not even sure what you think about God. And we're so excited that you're here. If you're not sure whether you're a follower of Jesus, you're not even sure what you think about who God is or if God exists. You're skeptical of that. We are so glad that you're here. And you may, this may be one of the things that has stood in your way, believing in God. How could God care about all these people? So we want to talk a little bit about that. And when I was reading the Christmas story in what we call the Gospels, which are just four eyewitness accounts written by four people who were around during Jesus' life. Um, I was reading about how God brought this huge story through individuals. And so God could have done this any way he wanted to, right? So the ultimate plan is God's coming to earth to save humanity. He could have done anything he wanted to. He could have shown up in a big spaceship and everyone could have seen it all at once. And no one could have said anything because it's his, his thing. He can do what he wants. He could have come out of the heavens with clouds and angels. He could have dropped a nuclear bomb just to get people's attention, right? I mean, he could have made a new species of animals populate the earth suddenly and then he rode them in. Or not. I mean, it's, I, have a, I have an imagination. But, like, he chose to, like, pick individuals because this is who God is. He's an individual God. He's a personal God. He can, concerns himself with individuals. So this next slide, I'm going to read you just a little bit. Everybody knows the, the mother of Jesus is Mary. Pretty much everybody knows that, I think. And this is a, a, a section where she's uh, responding to the fact that God's chosen her. I'm just going to read. It's a little prayer that she prayed. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Next line. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. So out of all the people in the world, she knows it. God took notice of this lowly servant girl. And now all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. And this is, this is the theme. This is what I want to talk about today. If you go to the next slide, Janine. I want to talk about the fact that God invites imperfect individuals into his story. God, he's an inviter. He's an includer. He's welcoming us. And he has a story for your life and for my life. But it's not just an invitation to the mass of humanity. He's not like, hey, I love you all. Good night. Right? He is pursuing. We talked about this last week. You know, it's Christmas, so what? And one of the messages we get out of Christmas is that God's pursuing you and I, that he has been, that the story of Christmas actually started 2,000 years before the birth of Jesus and continues on, that he's pursuing you and I because we matter to him. And so I want to talk about today, not only did he pursue us, but he wants to do things on earth with us. He has plans for you in particular, for your in particular individual life. That it's not just a, a, a mass appeal. I love all people, but I can't really tell the difference between them. You know, there's, there's other religions, and I mean no disrespect to other religions, but there's other religions that teach that the ultimate goal is to lose your individuality. 
And once you die, you'll reach this state of no individuality where you'll be subsumed into the mass of spirit, like a drop in the ocean. And that's like why they are existing is to get there. But Christianity is the total opposite. Jesus wants you to discover who you are. He says that he made you in his image to be something that's never been seen before. Sitting in this chair right there or right there or right there is something that God's never done before in the history of the world. He's made you. And that individual will last forever with Jesus. I mean, that's what we believe. There's no snuffing out of that flame that God's built inside of you. And God is inviting imperfect individuals. I want you to get this today, that he loves you, that he calls you as an individual. And listen, if you've never been here before, or you've never like, thought about God like this, or you don't even really believe that the Bible's true, maybe today I can convince you just to think about Jesus a little bit differently. Because maybe you've been taught that Jesus is only there for the people who have it all together. Maybe you've been taught, or you've heard or maybe you've seen it acted out by Christians that Jesus is only concerned if you'd say the right things and do the right things and go to the right things. But I want you to hear right now that if you're imperfect or broken or hurting or you don't have it all together, you're ready. Let's go. God has a plan for your life. So I want to look at um, a verse. Uh, there's, so can you go to the next slide, please? So um, about a thousand years before Christ was born, we talked about this guy last week. There's a guy named King David. Most people have heard of David and Goliath probably, right? So this guy, King David, uh, he was pretty much the most famous king of the Jews um, leading up into the birth of Christ. And he wrote a book of uh, psalms. We call them the psalms, but they were mostly poetry and songs. And um, I want to read you one that he wrote. So he says, Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. Now, I just want you to think about how crazy this is. Think about God of all of the universe. Like, just pretend with me, even if you don't believe this, like, just pretend with me that you believe this for a second, that there's a God who is in charge of all the galaxies. I mean, we know, like, we live in this world right now. And by the way, Pluto is less than 7.5 billion miles away, but it's close. So I was going to use that, but I figured you probably don't know where Pluto is. So, um, and we're not even sure if it's a planet anymore, right? It's, like, been in and out, like, four or five times. It, it, keeps, it keeps, you know, talk about not feeling like you belong. So, anyway... Um, but this is just one, uh, this is one galaxy, there's multiple galaxies, and there's so much we don't understand, right? This is the God of all creation, of all universes, the God who understands how you take, he understands, and yet he's concerned with you. Somehow this is true about each of us, he knows everything about you. You know when I sit down and stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. Next slide. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's kind of like, when I really think about it, I can't believe it. I can't believe you have so many more important things to be doing that you care about whether I'm sitting up or standing down. Wait. (laughs) Sitting down or standing up. See? One person was paying attention. All right. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. You saw me before I was even born. Even the days of my life were recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. He's just saying, there's been a plan for me since the day I was conceived. Like, God, you've had a plan for me. And I can't believe it. Such thoughts are too precious. How precious are your thoughts about me, God? They cannot be numbered. God is thinking thoughts about me? 
God is thinking thoughts about me. He cares about me. He has a plan for my life. This is too much for me. But it's the truth. This is what we believe, is that God is inviting imperfect individuals into his story. You were made to be part of what God is doing on the earth right now. You're a part of God's story. But he's not just inviting perfect individuals, he's inviting imperfect individuals. So I want to look at one more thing. So Jesus was telling a story, and Jesus loved to tell stories that were, he called them, we, we call them parables. They were just like, it was a great teaching technique. He would tell stories of their culture. So I have to talk about this a little bit for us to get it, because that's not our, our culture. But he tells a story about a wedding that happened. And what they would do in, in that time is when it was time to have a wedding, first they would send out invitations a couple months beforehand, right? Because, um, you know, they didn't have cars. So they would just kind of get it on the calendar, right, put it on their iPhone. And then when, but it took lots of preparation. So you knew if you got the invitation, you didn't have to go because it was kind of in the distance. But then he'd send out people again, the party has started. So now drop what you're doing and come. So you kind of knew, like, when the second one comes, we got to stop what we're doing and go. And so he's telling this story about this guy who did this and nobody came. And so he sent them out again, and then they got mad about it, and they killed some of his messengers. So he's obviously talking about God's invitational heart for mankind and how oftentimes we ignore the invitation or throughout history, we, you know, people have even killed some of the messengers. Then he says to his servants, the wedding banquet's ready. Those I've invited did not deserve to come. So go into the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. This is this invitational heart of God. And I want you to start to just feel the pull that God is so interested in us. But it's not just the perfect one. So next Next line. Invite to the banquet. Anyone? Oh, so the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find. Next one. The bad as well. Oh, this was, see that swipe? It kind of messes up my effect. I was going to have each line turn red as they came up. No one cares about that except for Mark. He's sitting right there, and he's a teacher. He's actually a pastor of a local church, and he's like, man, that was terrible. I judge. He's like taking notes on my teaching. He's like, F. All right. Just so you guys know, uh, I don't want to point him out or anything, but this is Mark Tyndall, and he's the pastor of Blue Root Vineyard, and also like a mentor of mine for preaching, so I'm not nervous at all. The Sween of Shet, the uh, Sween of Shet. I'll just leave that there. All right. Oh, see? He's been listening. The more imperfect, the better, right? All right, so um, I love this. Go into the streets, and they gathered all the people they could find. And I want to just begin to also talk about our role in this. I love the passion of the servants here, that they're just going to find anybody they can find. doesn't matter if they're good or bad. The bad as well as the good. Next one. The wedding hall was filled with guests, and that's God's heart. See, God's heart isn't for empty churches of people who are doing the right things. God's heart is to have churches full of people who are imperfect. Churches full of people who are hurting, full of people who are broken. See, the bad, the good, and maybe even the ugly. I mean, sorry, I had to get you back. And now he's really, he's like, oh, wasn't even funny. So, to the title slide, God is inviting imperfect individuals to be part of his story. Um, there's a, a friend of mine here named Paige, and she's been coming to the church for a couple year, uh, weeks, couple years, a uh, couple weeks, and uh, I asked her permission to share this, and I wanted to just share it. So she, um, she got invited to our church, and I want to talk about 
Not only is God inviting imperfect individuals to be part of his story, but if you read that, the servants were the ones who went out and invited. And that, that's us in the story. I mean, I'm not calling you guys servants or anything, but we're, we're, we're the inviters. We're the inviters. We're the people who are bringing people to God to, to meet him. And one of the ways that we do that is by bringing them to church or bringing them to events. And so uh, a friend of mine invited Paige to come check this out. And Paige, um, the second time that I met her, uh, she looked me in the eyes and, and kind of with some tears in her eyes said, you know, told me some things about her life. And she said, do you think I can belong here? I really want to belong here. But she was worried that some stuff in her life was going to disqualify her. Because maybe she's been disqualified at other churches before. I don't know. But and I just said, like, everything in my heart was like, this is the reason that we did this. This is the reason that, uh, that we come, you know, we had our setup crew here yesterday for a couple hours, this morning, super early. This is the reason that we, you know, we raised so much money to buy all this equipment. This is the reason that we go out in the community to meet people is because there are individuals among the mass of humanity that are longing for a connection with God again. Many, many people have left the church. They're called the nuns. N-O-N-E, because they don't have a place to go and they won't adhere to a religion because they were raised in a Christian or Catholic home, but it stopped answering their adult questions. They had Sunday school answers to their adult-sized questions, so they left the church, but they longed to be reunited with community and faith. And sometimes all it takes is an invitation to somewhere like this. And so Paige got an invitation. She's been struggling with depression for years, but something's happened here. And she feels connected and she feels loved And that is what it's all about. See, God is inviting imperfect. You don't have to be perfect. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, you know, I've never known if I belonged in faith. Like, I've never really known if God wanted me. And I've kind of walked into churches and I have felt like I didn't belong, honestly. And to be honest, just because sometimes churches give off that vibe. (laughs) And we're working really hard to not give off that vibe. But sometimes you get that. And we just want you to know whether you're imperfect or whether you have friends that are imperfect, if you have friends that are broken, if you have friends that aren't doing the right things or saying the right things or living the right way, that's exactly who we want to invite to the party. That's exactly. We want to go out into the streets and invite all that we can find, whether good or bad, so that the wedding hall is filled, so that the church is full. Because God, you know, God is not concerned about you getting it right. He says, come as you are. Now, our belief is he's going to work in our hearts, but he's going to work in all of our hearts. It's not like, you know, if, once you get it all right, you get to stand on stage. Like, I'm so messed up in so many ways. And it's just a process. It's just a journey for all of us get, becoming more and more like Jesus. But we want to point people in the right place. I'm telling you, the longer we do this, the more convinced I am. I mean, I can't go anywhere. I can't walk into the grocery store or Wawa or the haircutter place or school, my kid's school, and I just see people's eyes. And I look at their eyes and I think, I wonder what they're going through. Because everybody puts on this mask, this facade, and just kind of like, life is okay and I got it all together. But I'm meeting more and more people through City Light. I'm realizing nobody's got it all together. And we're just... Walking through life, doing the best we can. And some people just need to know there's a place they can come where it'd be okay and safe to not have it all together. And, and, and honestly, that there's someone who loves them. So I want to I just challenge you guys. There's kind of like a two-pronged message here. First, for you, that God's inviting you to be part of his story. And even if you've never felt that before, 
and even if you don't feel like you're perfect, that he has a plan for you, not, not for just the pastor, and not for the worship team, and not for the people who have been Christians their whole life or whatever. Oh, I don't know the Bible. I don't, you know, I don't know it very well. Or can you love people? I mean, these other things we can add on later, right? Let's get to know Jesus and his love. We'll add on that other stuff. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, you know, don't grow. I mean, we're all about growing. But, but there's no sort of like litmus test for whether you can be used by God. So I want to show you a video. And uh, man, I just love this story. So there's a, um, a couple who started coming to our church. I read their testimony two weeks ago. And they were talking about how they, uh, the, the wife has looked for a church for years and the husband's really never been to church. Um, they don't like me to point them out, so I'm not going to. But they're awesome and I love them so much. Um, and they have found something here that's really done something in their lives. And you know what they did? It's what you do when you find a restaurant that you love. Right? You tell people about it. And they told uh, through Facebook and social media, they told some people about this, and then they started coming. And uh, Amanda and Zach have been coming for over a month now, and, um, and Mackenzie, who's actually my favorite person in the family, sorry, because um, she loves me, and that's what matters most. Um, but I want you to, to watch this video. Hi guys, I'm Amanda, and I want to share with you quickly how I came to City Light Church. I grew up in church with my mom. Um, she would wake us up, say, get up, we're going to church, and, and off we would go. When I went to college and through graduate school, I wasn't really that excited about getting up at 9 a.m., um, so I didn't. I fell away from church, and Zach and I moved to Maryland about four years ago, and we talked on and off about finding a church, which was exciting for me, um, but we never did. We never visited any churches. Um, and then December 15th of 2016, Kenzie was born. And it became so important for me to find a church to raise my daughter in. Um, so we did not find a church. And then in June, um, my mom passed away suddenly. And um, I kind of felt in that moment of losing her that I knew exactly where I could find her. Um, and it was at church. I went to church a few times when we were up to Connecticut for the funeral. But um, the church that I'm used to is pretty hard to find um, and so the thought of finding a church down where we are was pretty overwhelming. Luckily summer is busy so we just avoided that whole problem for a few months and um, we weren't really home on the weekends and then um, eventually come September we still hadn't found a church because we didn't look so that wasn't really surprising and we said hey we're home on the weekends why don't we try to find a church. Um, and so we thought about starting this church shopping process that was going to probably be long and daunting and our neighbor uh, posted about City Light Harvest Fest on Facebook and I thought, well wouldn't that be nice if we could just go to that church and I reached out to her and she had a lot of really great things to say and um, we showed up Sunday and um, we've been going ever since. Um, City Light was a really good fit for us. We like a church that doesn't take themselves too seriously. It was very welcoming and kind. And since I've been going to City Light, it feels very much like therapy for losing my mom. Um, I thought about getting therapy. I didn't. Uh, I've been running to try to help with the grief. But um, unfortunately, it's a whole lot of grief. And I think you might need more than one answer to kind of work through it. 
Um, so when I would go to City Light, normally during reflection time, I'd start crying. I didn't know why. I told my husband, I have no idea, but I need to start bringing a handkerchief. Um, and just kind of since I've been there, I've been hearing God more, speaking to me and reminding me that he's here for me. Um, and so one Sunday, as Zach was out of town, so Kenzie and I got dressed in matching outfits, by the way, for church. And um, we stopped at Wawa, because that's our routine. And on our way out of Wawa, there was a man asking for money. That's not always where I preferred to give my money. Um, but God was kind of pulling on my heartstrings that day. And he was saying, Amanda, he's asking for help. You could help him. And I was like, mm, no, no, I don't, I don't think so, but good idea. And God was like, no, like, he's right there. He's asking for your help. Christian was just talking about tax collectors and loving people like Jesus loves people and you could really help him out and I thought yeah but the car in front of me is gonna move and the car behind me is gonna beep and I don't really have a lot of time to get money out of my wallet and so no but okay and God was like Amanda you're still sitting here you could probably help him out and I was like okay I'll help him out he's asking for help I will help him and so I gave him some money and um, immediately started to worry about how he was going to spend the money and hoping he would spend it on food. Um, and God was like, Amanda, calm down. I asked you to help somebody, show somebody compassion. You're good. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. And I drove to church, probably worrying about it. Um, and at church, Christian's dad stood up and... Um, spoke about compassion and I'm pretty sure God was laughing at me like haha I was paying attention I just wanted to show you something and he sure did um, so that was exciting and then um, normally I cry at the end of church but this Sunday we sang Reckless Love in the beginning and I started crying um, because I'm pretty sure Reckless Love might be my theme song at this point and I was just thinking, this is where I needed to be. Um, this is the therapy I needed after my mom died. This is kind of, um, I just feel surrounded and hugged while I'm here. And it's answering kind of what those brief bubbles were um, presenting as problems. And that was really cool. But what was even cooler is Christian then stood up and started talking about community. And... Um, Sometimes that's exactly what people are looking for, and they um, can can look for it in different ways when they're lonely, like therapist. And um, I am a therapist, so he almost offended me, but not quite. And I just felt like God was laughing and enjoying his wonderful little plan of showing me once again that he was there and he was with me and showing me some really cool things through coming to City Lights. So. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And for me, that is just that is just what it's all about. I mean, I don't think I can express it any more than just. I mean, I've loved getting to know this family, and if no one would have invited them. How would they have found out? I mean, maybe. We do some marketing. But, like, we're, we're always more apt to go through invitation and relationship. And I just want to tell you, like, like they're a normal family. Whoa, hey. Whoops. <laughs> they're a normal family. They've got their life together, right? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? But inside, 
Like the first time we talked, we connected over the fact that both of our moms have passed away recently, you know? And it's like people are carrying around this need for Jesus, honestly. And that's why our thing is seek love and care for people like Jesus does because, you know, Jesus is seeking us and we really believe that what God's done in us, we want to give away. And so if God's done something in your heart, I just want to invite you to be part of giving that away. Um, we have a response and reflection time after the teaching. And here's a couple things that you can do. Can you put this slide up? Good. So first off, I want to say there's a practical application to the teaching is we put cards on your seats. Now, no pressure. If you do not want to take those cards, you just leave them right there and we'll pick them up. But uh, we made some new cards with the proper address on them. <laughs> cards, get some cards. Um, but if you would like to just throw them in your wallet, I keep them in my wallet and you just never, you just never know when there's just that opportunity. And, and don't second guess yourself. Remember Heather's story last week that we showed in the video of the family that she met at the hospital? I mean, you just never know. Just take that step. Now, almost no one's going to be mad at you for being nice to them. All right? Okay, but second, so that, that part. But let's focus back inward. During response and reflection time, here's some things you can do. You can sing. Obviously, we're going to do one more song. We'll all stand up here in a second. You can get prayer. Over there in the back, there's some people back there who like to pray for you. If you're not sure what this prayer thing's about, here's some things you can get prayer for. Based on what we've talked about today, have you felt like God's overlooked you? Or maybe you don't belong We'd love to pray for you. If you have questioned whether God has a place for you in his story, if you felt like this thing's for everyone else but not you, go on over and get prayer. And if you want to, maybe you're like, you know what? I believe this stuff. I just need boldness. So you can get prayer for those. Other things you can do is you can, if you just want to sit quietly and reflect on God's invitation for you, that's fine. So let's stand up. I want to just pray. If you don't mind closing your eyes, we're just going to pray. Jesus, thank you that you have pursued us, that we matter to you, and that you've invited us in. And that's what this Christmas story is all about, that you have made a priority out of us, God. We thank you. And if you could just keep your eyes closed for a second, we do this every week, but I want to just give a chance. If you're here and you've never said yes to being a follower of Jesus or maybe it's been a long time and you're like, you know what, I just need to reconnect with Jesus. I need to recommit I want to give you just a chance. We'll give you a chance just to raise your hand. We won't make you do anything silly. Um, it's just so I know and I can come talk to you. So raise your hand if that's you, if you just want to reconnect with Jesus or, or commit to him for the first time. So Jesus, we thank you and we love you. Let your presence fill this room as we sing to you this last song.